0: You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan Estates invite invites you to Poker in the Ears.
1: Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe stable and here's my work wife, James Hartigan.
2: Are you feeling well-rested and recovered from the uh, Barcelona Marathon?
1: I am. I didn't go home right away. I did it like a couple days in New York, but the The weekend I got home, my girlfriend and I, we did a little day drinking on a Saturday and we took a nap around five, woke up at 8 p.m. and we were like, we could just stay in bed and we did. I slept from 5 p.m. to 8 a.m. The first Saturday I was back, I do feel rested. That's the only way to recover
2: from Barcelona is to find an opportunity to sleep for at least 18 consecutive hours.
1: It was insane, so yes, I do feel rested for one of the first times of my life. Coming up on today's show, it is our Barcelona post-view show. There's a word for preview, but no post-view. That's a retrospective? Recap. We call it recap. 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 Of course it's a recap. Retrospective sounds like something you'd see on PBS. But yes, anyway, all the goings-on from EPT Barcelona, including the Chase Your Dream competition and its super secret surprise ending that I didn't fuck
2: up at all. Well done, Joseph. Round of applause. Yeah, so-
1: So what comes along with that PSPC part two platinum passes for your asses and the first two platinum pass asses are on the show today. Well, two of the first at least Danielle summer and Daryl Inglis. If you don't know who or what or why they are, you will find out later all that plus a recap of the record breaking main event later on in the show that is going to make up the bulk of the show today, my babies, but we will have a brief recap of what has happened thus far in W Coop. And don't worry, we're going to have time for Superfan versus Tapes. Patrick from the UK is on the show and he has challenged me to the subject of Patriot, which I am stoked for, James. As you know, I am a huge Mel Gibson fan.
2: I'm assuming this is a bit
1: it, it, yeah, so there's a of movie course. in 19, 1996 I, called The Patriot.
2: Exactly. It has the definite article. This is just Patriot, the TV show, which I know you are genuinely a huge fan of.
1: I'm genuinely a huge fan of. I did not get a chance. I've been w- wanting to rewatch the series with my girlfriend, and we, watched, we rewatched the first episode last night, and I have to say that it is already a show that is—I wouldn't say it's better the second time around— But it has a layer now of knowing where things are going and seeing the seeds for these things planted. And it's actually really cool watching it a second time also.
2: Yeah. It's a show that we've spoken about before on the podcast. We're both huge fans of it. In fact, you tipped me off to it, Joe, and I'm very grateful for it. And in doing the research for the quiz, it's a Hartigan quiz, not a Patrick, the intern quiz. Oh, I
1: figured it was going to be a Hartigan quiz. Yo, while we're talking about, uh, spy shit. So did you see, uh, Pierce Brosnan, arguably the best James Bond, by the way, saying it is high tide, a uh, high time they made James Bond a woman. What do you think?
2: Okay, so much to unpack there. First of all, I will gloss over your gross over elevation of Pierce Brosnan's ranking on probably the Bond the best, probably, probably, probably the worst. But this is a conversation for another day. I think that Phoebe Waller-Bridge who has brought in to work on the script for the new movie, may have found the ideal solution, which is, I believe that at the start of the film, James Bond is still James Bond, as portrayed by Daniel Craig, but the 007 prefix has been given yeah. to another secret agent... That is what you do. You basically say, okay, anyone can be 007. Anyone can be this secret agent with a license to kill, regardless uh, of race or gender. But James Bond is a person. He is a man. And also, wouldn't it be better if you want to do a really kick-ass female spy series, create a new character rather than twist an existing character from literature and cinema?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was exactly my take on it. Like, can't we just have a, a different female spy, wouldn't it in fact be better uh, to make it her own person and not based off a character that was a man? Like, wouldn't that be an even more fitting thing to, you know, if we want to showcase different genders? Anyway, cool. We're on the same page about that. I'm glad you brought her up um, because I did something in my travels. I didn't lose it forever, but I left my iPad at my brother's house and I was in the middle of watching Fleabag season
2: two. Oh, how and good is that?
1: It's so good and she's so talented that so Phoebe Waller Bridge is my hall pass. Like me and my girlfriend each have a celebrity hall pass. Okay. And
2: is this like that, the thing in Friends, the laminated card?
1: Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I don't you know, ours isn't physical. Ours is more, more you know, I, I, I would even allow for a last minute audible for someone really special. But yeah, hers is hers is Mark Marin.
2: I didn't I don't know, know, if who you that know that
1: you is know who that is he's a stand up comedian in the United States. Like he's like he's older, he's probably sixty would be my guess. But what's weird about it is that he's he's a standup comedian, so it could like, definitely happen. There's like zero percent chance I would ever like meet the very married Phoebe Waller Bridge and she would be into me. whereas Mark Marin's like smoking cigarettes out back the comedy store like four nights a week. She could definitely make that happen if she wanted to. Whatever. <laughs> I did lose my iPad and I did, but I did finish Mind Hunter season two before I did it. And people are pretty mad at this season of Mind Hunter. I think it was less titillating because it had fewer conversations with with gigantic monsters, but I still thought it was awesome. I haven't I know, seen have you, it yet. I haven't started yet. I okay. like
2: the first season, so I'm looking forward to seeing the second. I am behind with everything. I only watched Avengers Endgame in the last seven days. I'm glad I finally watched it. I didn't think it was as good as Infinity War, but I still thought it was incredibly entertaining. And I tweeted about this last week. I look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I look at this 22 film series produced over the last 11 years, and even though along the way there have been some duds and a few kind of meh movies, overall, you've got to hand it to Marvel and Disney and say, what an amazing achievement. And to have all these characters introduced come together and that moment at the end The Avengers assemble moment from Endgame, or the final scene at the funeral of a character. I'm trying to avoid spoilers here, where every single cast member is there. And apparently, it was an absolute bitch to coordinate because there's no CGI involved. All those actors were in that shot. And you realize they've put together this amazing cast, all these amazing characters. And it was a really strong payoff for a very long series of films. And. I salute them for that. I think it will go down as one of the greatest cinematic accomplishments in constructing that series of films.
1: I don't think I could have said it any better. I I, I completely agree with you on all counts. I think, in my opinion, there are I probably think there are fewer duds than you did. Um, I would I can only think of like a dud, and then like three or four met, and then the rest of them are all like pretty good. Like of twenty two movies, like. 17 of them, in my opinion, are, like, pretty good. Um, And yes, I don't... I want to say I don't think anything like this will ever be achieved again, but probably.
2: We'll figure out a way. I mean, and one slight spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen Avengers Endgame. I wasn't a huge fan of the whole Avengers Greatest Hits center section of the movie. Same. But...
1: I thought it was kind of boring, and I also thought that... Um, I guess for the people who are like real, real fans, they all remembered every single Easter egg and call back to the, you know, to the device they used. And I was just like, eh, I don't love this. this when you're fine, trying but it's...
2: to make Thor the Dark World relevant to the overall narrative, you know you're failing. <laughs> just
1: saying. Yeah, uh, speaking of uh, a few duds.
2: Yes, that's definitely on the list of duds. Have you seen the Deadwood movie?
1: I have it, and only because my uh, my girlfriend had never seen Deadwood, so I had it in mind that I would like be able to rewatch Deadwood and catch her up, and then watch the movie. But as you know, there's just so much stuff out there, so getting her to watch like a 15 year old western is has not been. Uh, easily achieved. Sure.
2: Strongly recommended. One of the reasons why I've not been able to watch much in the last week, Joe, is I did start playing Arkham City. I think we've already spoken about Arkham Asylum. I finished that one, and I've moved on to the second game in the series, which is even better.
1: Yeah, I actually only played Arkham City for a few minutes, and then I have this weird thing where if I stop playing games for like a long period of time, I don't go back to them often, and I never went back to that one. I skipped ahead to the final one, which is Arkham Knight, Yes, and Man, yeah, no, you're in for a treat. If, if it's anything, uh, it's, it's more of the same, but slightly better. And you don't get tired of it because it's so good anyway.
2: Precisely. Uh, just before we move on to the poker news, um, one unfortunate story from this morning. And this is, this is horrible for a number of reasons. What's wrong? What happened? Well, the main thing is someone very kindly... Gave me a brand new pair of trainers, and they were very keen to get feedback on whether they were comfortable, whether they fit right. And the first opportunity I'd had to wear these new trainers was this morning, and I was very pleased to put them on. And I have flat feet, so I have to fit orthotics in, and they fit in quite nicely. But you that's know it's why like... James.
1: That's why James couldn't be could never become a super soldier. That's true. His flat his flat feet. I, I
2: couldn't become any soldier. It's how I got out of the combined cadet force at school once I got bored <laughs> with it. Um, that's a story for another time. But you know like when you try on a new pair of shoes, you've got to be wearing them. You've got to be walking around in them for at least a day, if not a few days, if not a week, to really yeah. get a sense of how good they are and how comfortable they are. So the problem is I can't give an assessment because these shoes have already been ruined. No, what? Um, I will explain. I was walking past what is a building site where it's a house that's being renovated. And in the front yard, they've got building materials, window panes. Uh, toolboxes, etc. And what had happened very early this morning is a car had had a burst tire, had spun out of control. The car then slid into the building site causing all manner of wreckage which had strewn out onto the pavement. That's sidewalk for you, Joe. And <laughs> in order to get past this mess, I had to kind of walk into the road and understandably, I'm looking at like ahead, not down because... It's a busy road, and I don't want to get knocked down by a car. So what I didn't see is that I trod in a large puddle. Oh. And I'm thinking, huh, it hasn't rained recently. When the car smashed into this building site, in addition to knocking down scaffolding— The
1: driver urinated, lost control of his bladder in the street. Worse. Worse.
2: Much worse. In addition to knocking down, scaffolding, breaking window panes, it also knocked down the chemical toilet that had been placed on the building site. And the contents of the chemical toilet, which (laughs) I fear had not been cleaned or replaced for some time, had spilled out onto the street. (laughs) And I, unfortunately, went both feet in, to a puddle full of builder's piss and shit. Which ruined these brand new white trainers and also may have ruined my favorite pair of jeans which promptly went in to the washing machine. And I don't care what the label says, that shit went in at 60 degrees. But I don't know what to do about the trainers because I don't know whether you can put them in a washing machine. I don't think bleach is gonna be enough. They it are ruined destroyed. His
1: favorite pair of feet as well.
2: Oh, my God. I mean, it was shoes off, throw those in the bath with, like, every disinfectant known to man, jeans in the washing machine, Hartigan in the shower, high temperature, scrubbing those feet several times. Honestly, the stench, even thinking about it right now makes me retch slightly.
1: Was that, I'm sorry, were
2: you close to home when this happened? Yes, fortunately, yeah. So went back home. So you
1: didn't have to get on the tube or anything no. with
2: shit feet? No. No.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Both feet? I Holy cannot shit. believe that it happened on the first morning where I was wearing these brand new shoes that were given hey, to me I as a you, gift.
1: I know you wanted feedback on these sneakers. They're great, except <laughs> for they're covered in shit.
2: The irony is... It's the stench of what I think might be two-month-old piss that is permeating and that I don't think will ever be removed.
1: Oh, my God. I, you know, honestly, James, if I had gotten you those sneakers and you decided even if they were washable, I'm just not going to wear these sneakers ever again, I would understand.
0: Thank I you, mean, I mean, would,
1: I would understand. I would understand if you never wore your feet ever again. <laughs>
2: We're not going to have any limbs amputated as a result of this accident. <laughs> By the way, no one was hurt in that accident, but one pair of jeans and one pair of trainers may be irreparable as a consequence. Uh, moving yeah, swiftly sure, Joe. on, who
1: cares about who cares about the guy's house that got wrecked?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hard segue. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for poker in the ears news. And as you hinted at the start of the show, Joe or actually stated outright the world championship of online poker 2019 WCOOP is underway it's been running for a week now uh just shy of 60 events completed so far more than 21 million dollars in prize money paid out and i just wanted to name check a few of the winners so far names that uh, some of our listeners will probably recognize from EPT events players like Joni Yokominen Stefan Jedlichka Adam Owen and Sean Deeb, who won his seventh title in the five-card draw PKO event. He is the master of all things coop.
1: Yeah, he is really something to behold. I don't know if you saw his tweets or knew this, but apparently the five-card draw event is the same event that he won the time he went to play W Coop instead of being there for when his son was born. Ah. So he's like kind of sentimental about this and he's like you'll have to go back and like read my tweets on your birthdays to see how well things always go. Um man Sean Deeb, huh? It, so you know now that Daniel's not with Poker Stars anymore, we think we should try to get Sean Deeb <laughs> on the show.
2: I think we could have tried to get Sean Deeb on the show even when Daniel was on the roster. Uh, I don't know whether Sean's available or interested, but absolutely he's a, a big name in poker and someone we should definitely consider i should point out that if you want daily updates on WCoop the pokestars blog is the way to go i think we're going to take a w coop hiatus next week because we're doing one of our movie mondays on a wednesday but the week after that we're going to do a full WCoop recap in the meantime we have laid on an exclusive WCoop free roll For Poker in the Ears, listeners, we're giving away $505 in WCoupe tickets. That's what's going to be in the prize pool. And it's going to be taking place next Monday, which is the 16th of September at 2.50 Eastern, which is 7.50 p.m. UK time, 8.50 p.m. Central European time. Registration opens 15 minutes before the game starts. No late reg available. The name of the free roll, the world is yours. And the password is now the leg. All one word all lowercase, N-O-W-T-H-E-L-E-G. Joe, you got the reference? No. If you've got the reference, hashtag poker in the ears. Right, let's do some retrospective analysis of the most recent European Poker Tour event. when we carry the load to every road in country code safe. Was that PBS enough for you, Stapleton?
1: It it really was. (laughs) Nah, nah, it's good stuff.
2: It's Barcelona 2019 recap. And to begin at the end, the irony is we normally have this mad panic when Barcelona's finishing about are we going to get the final table finished before the license runs out and before we have to start leaving the room and breaking down poker tables literally uh, because this one normally goes the distance and here we had a situation where they were heads up after 40 minutes and we were worried they were going to be done in an hour what happened here
1: you know I don't I don't know what happened, especially because when you take into consideration the fact that this record-breaking field meant there was a record-breaking number of chips in play as well. Now, we did play a little bit longer days as a result of that leading up to the final table. But it made no difference
2: because we still stopped the previous day when we got down to the final six. So whichever way you cut it, the previous days would have played out the same way and we would have come back with six players.
1: Yeah, so I, I really don't know how it happened, but I am not unhappy about it. Um, I think that one of the th- factors at play was that it was, you know, the biggest stage that a lot of these folks have been on before. So I think that a lot of the times when there are six completely evenly matched GTO players at a final table, things tend to take a little bit longer because people are are thinking a little bit bit differently about their decisions. They're making slightly different decisions, probably taking lower variance spots. But hey, man, just the way it went down, we had the right number of coolers, the right number of people. You know, chip disparity obviously was a big factor where we had, um, you know, a chip leader pretty early on that that lasted right up until the very end. Um, I personally, on a behind the scenes personal level, it was incredible that we were able to have dinner in daylight in barcelona for maybe the first time in like seven or eight years so i I thank you to the players and then obviously there was the deal
2: yes which i keep trying to explain to people doesn't mean they're going to play any faster because they still want to win the trophy there's still always a significant amount of money left to play for it just takes a little bit of the variance out of it which i think is clearly a good thing uh There was the aborted deal, of course. We should kind of recap how it went down, Joe. We started with six players, got down to three very quickly, and that's when they first tried to talk about breaking down the prize pool differently. And it was clear at that point that Martin Tutor, with his huge chip lead, was never going to agree to giving anything up from a straight ICM chop. Um... And then once they got heads up, and he and Simon Brandstrom were pretty much even in chips, it was much easier for them to do a deal guaranteeing them both more than 1.2 million euros each, leaving just shy of 80k to play for, plus the title and trophy. But normally at that point, we would bring the levels down to 45 minutes from 90 minutes. There was no reason to do that. And none of us really wanted to be off air at 3 p.m we want to give people some entertainment some fun to watch and we were kind of looking around the room saying if this does wrap at two in the afternoon is there anything else we can cover on the stream we don't want to be here till three in the morning covering the high roller but equally we don't want to be disappearing after two hours of main event coverage
1: yeah it's the whole reason in the first place that you know that that sort of shortening of levels rules come came from was that we don't want to be finishing at five o'clock in the morning we can't finish at five o'clock in the morning and since there was no danger of that happening there was really no reason to to let that kick in right away so i'm glad they got their play and it resulted in a pretty interesting heads up match with some back and forth and ultimately uh come from behind victory which is always pretty exciting
2: yeah you already referenced joe that this is the biggest EPT main event in history, 1,988 total entries. And yes, this is in the era of a single re-entry event. So it's not the biggest unique field we've ever had. Along the way to the final table, I guess it's a two or three things that we should talk about. Um, have you seen much discussion either on social media or on forums about the, the, the angle shoot that we saw? The guy who uh, moved his cards in what looked like a very forward motion, foldy manner?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't do forums, but I've seen plenty of discussion because PokerStars, for some reason, tagged me and Spraggy when they distributed the clip on social media. So, I was getting responses to their question of, "Is this an angle shoot?" Ah, uh, for over a week after they posted it, um, and it's so funny, James. People love the, a chance to be self righteous. I saw. I I think the poll ended up being like 90-10 or something that it was an angle shoot, maybe worse than that. And what I found to be really interesting was just how negatively people responded to this. They wanted to go far beyond calling it an angle shoot. They were like, why wasn't this? This person is scum. This is clear cheating. Why wasn't this person? Why wasn't their hand called dead? Why weren't they disqualified from the tournament? Why aren't they banned from playing future events? And I just want to go on record as saying, even if this is an angle shoot, I do not think that any of those things are remotely enforceable punishments. Um, except for maybe killing the guy's hand. And even that I think is too far. Um, even if you determine that this was an attempt to glean information, it's still a kind of part of the game. I don't agree that it's cheating, even if it was intentional. I don't agree it's cheating. Is it shady? Sure.
2: That's why we call it an angle shoot rather than cheating.
1: Exactly. I think it is way too far to call it cheating. Um, And... W- also now I have my suspicions and I have my sort of theories about what happened. But what I will say is you cannot prove this player's intent. Yeah. Now what happened is very clear. I will argue that he very clearly was about to fold and saw something that made him change his mind and then pulled his cards back. Is that shady? Yes. Is that angly? Yes. Now I do not know his intent. However, was, was it premeditated Was it a premeditated move of I'm going to pretend to fold and then see what this fellow's reaction is and then maybe I'll pull my cards back or was it I'm folding, I'm folding, I'm folding, I'm folding. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not folding. And in my mind, the intent of those two things uh, matters in how harshly we are going to judge a person. I think either way you slice it it is kind of a shitty move to pull, but not knowing what their intention was. And also it is... Not cheating by any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion.
2: Agreed. Um, The other thing I wanted to highlight was there's always one player who is new to the circuit or who we get to meet for the first time who becomes a bit of a people's (laughs) champion. And that guy this time around was Balakrishna Patel, a player from the United States of America who had a very unconventional style. This guy went from being villain to hero because people were getting pissed off about the fact that he was taking his entire 30 second shot clock allowance on every single decision on every single street but then when he came alive and started to build a stack and make really bizarre plays everyone loved him because if there's one thing that's guaranteed to get the audience on your side it's not playing GTO poker it's being entertaining it's pulling off moves that are arguably inadvisable but when they work are just so awesome to watch much. Spectacular.
1: Just a couple of spectacular moves where he just bluffed the pants out of players that off of players that are far, you know, more experienced than him. Ike Haxton left reeling. I remember I did a, a guest spot on Tournament Poker Edge this week, uh Clayton's podcast, and he's like, What we do is we usually like break down a hand, and I was like, Great, I have the perfect setup. So I went in and I gave him one full hand of Bala Christian Patel, like a hand history. I was like, here's your context. Now you're going to play a hand from another player's perspective against Balakrishna Patel. And so I ha- put Clayton into this situation where it was like the, uh, you know how he did like two hands within 20 minutes of each other, where he went like bet, bet and then all in for like eight times pot yeah. on the Turner river. I put Clayton in one of those spots and, um, Clayton ultimately folded uh, in the same spot that the guy who was playing against Balakrishna did and incorrectly. But, uh, but it was, he was like, I guess I'm going to be ahead here sometimes, but I can't call. And that's exactly what happened in, uh, in our coverage. It was really, I I hope we see more of that guy.
2: He was great. I mean, as far as I remember it, and I probably got the detail a little bit wrong, but when we were down to two tables, he had like a huge chip lead and then like a level later he was out it which that sounds about right yeah it's not surprising but a shame because i think he would have been good to have at the final table not that it needed any more action and not that need any more no, we were good. <laughs> to, to, to suspend it to, to push it towards a quick conclusion um the final thing to say about the main event because we need to talk about the first day of our coverage we did have a couple of team members go down i don't know whether it was a stomach bug or whether it was food poisoning but this is hard when you're working with quite a small team and everyone has a very important role on the production and we lost like the guy who actually gets us on air the guy who's actually in charge of encoding the stream and putting it Pressing on YouTube go. Twitch and Facebook and we also lost our on-air producer as well which is always dangerous If you leave Joe on air on his own without a producer, without anyone to keep him even slightly in check. But luckily, we managed to get through the one day that we lost Chris.
1: Do you remember that uh, that viral clip from Hurricane Katrina where Mike Myers is on camera with Kanye West and Kanye goes, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And Mike Myers is just like he has no idea what to do. He's just like staring at the camera. And yeah. that is what Spraggy felt like being on air with me when we didn't have a producer. <laughs> That's he like, he, he sent me a, a screen grab of that. And he was like, he'd like put me over Kanye and him over Mike Myers. <laughs> I, I missed both our Chris's very much when they were sick. Um, I don't know if it was, uh, food poisoning, though, because I ate all the same stuff they did. Although, I'm just like, you know, I have, like, a cast iron stomach.
2: Well, the hilarious thing is we decided after that that we weren't going to take any risks, so we avoided the Barcelona <laughs> buffet and went to McDonald's instead. That was
1: that was music to my ears. I was like, wait, someone wants to eat at McDonald's? Yes, of course I'm in. Let's go.
2: So I've saved the best till last, because whilst we did five days of main event coverage from EPT Barcelona, we kicked off the stream, um... God, it seems like an eternity ago now, with the Chase Your Dream event, which I always knew was going to be fun. And when we talked about it in our Barcelona preview show, I hope we gave you an idea of the format and the style of it. But obviously, we knew stuff about it then that you didn't know and now you do know. So it was even more fun than it already could have been, had it just been the basic format with the prize that people thought they were playing for. Um, But yeah, this was such a fun day Joe and I don't think it could have gone any better from uh, f- from how it turned out in the end
1: no even without that right like let's let's subtract the twist ending and the
2: just the j-
1: joyfulness and all of the great sort of uh, promotion we did for the next PSPC this competition this day of streaming whatever it was really brought back poker to where i find it most entertaining to where i find it like this was just right in my wheelhouse it was a fun day of poker where we were giving an opportunity to regular people to play on tv to play against some of their heroes to potentially win some money everyone was super excited the the qualifiers were excited The pros were excited. It was a fun day of poker for charity. Great chat at the table. This ticked every box for me.
2: There was some concern that as the pros were just playing for charity and as they had the qualifiers playing for money for themselves, that the pros might somehow go easy on them or not play properly. No fear of that. Moneymaker wanted to win. Lex wanted to win. Fatima was playing her a game and bruce buffer when gerald pk dusted off his chips he was not a happy man understandably
1: yeah bruce really wanted to win also um i think that we got a good mix of players in there who understand that the spirit of poker is still to try to your hardest to win and i think that some of them uh, like bruce and fatima for example genuinely also wanted to win. Like want just wanted to book that win. And it wasn't just about still playing in the spirit of poker. And It just made for a really fun day.
2: So just to recap, for anyone who missed it, and I appreciate that it was the first day of our coverage, and as it wasn't the EPT, maybe you weren't interested. We had five qualifiers come to Barcelona. They took it in turns to play against a table of pros. We've mentioned most of the players. Patrick Antonius was there as well. And the two best-performing qualifiers then played heads-up. They thought they were going to be playing for €10,000. In fact, they were also playing for the first platinum pass for PSPC 2020, because we are announced that the Players' Championship is coming back next year and will be at Casino Barcelona next August. And then the twist, after the heads-up battle was over and we presented the first platinum pass to Clement Alloy, the other four qualifiers all got their own platinum passes as well. So Clement was the only guy to get €10,000, but all five qualifiers went home with platinum passes. And it was just uh, a really joy- joyful moment that was received really well by everyone.
1: Yes. It was, you know, it was obviously to, to peel back the curtain a little bit. There's a lot of pressure on myself and especially on James and the whole production team on days like this, because it's days like this, that everyone is paying attention. Every suit, every poker stars, fat cat They're you know, I'm not saying they don't watch normally, but you know, that every single one of them is watching, standing in the waiting in the wings. And it's a very big moment that, obviously a lot of people have invested their time and money and resources into. And so James, I just wanted to say, man, you fucking crushed it. I was relieved that you were the one out there doing it. I think it makes sense just in that you're a more of a voice associated with everything that goes on with the poker stars and the PSPC and you did a great job up there. And I was just breathed the biggest sigh of relief when that actual final announcement was made because i couldn't fuck it up anymore <laughs> it was it was like being able to let your stomach out after like a whole row of uh, models walks past you i was just like
2: ah. it was a lot of pressure but also A lot of fun and and thank you Joe because uh, yes it it was tense down there on the floor but I'm glad it was received so well and I kind of feel that both of us got to know these guys really well and they have become like you know our five qualifiers and we're going to follow these people for the next 12 months in the run-up to the PSPC. Very pleased to say that two of the five original Platinum Pass winners for PSPC 2020 are joining us this week on Poker in the Years: Daniel Summer, Daryl Inglis, Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so
3: much. Thank you so much. Hey.
2: Hi. Hi, Joe. (laughs) Joe. (laughs) Just by saying, hey, you've already made someone laugh. You're winning at life, Stapleton.
1: I'm winning at life, but actually that leads me to the first question I had for you guys. When you were in Barcelona, were you guys like nervous and terrified? Because I was trying so hard to make you laugh that first night at the cocktail thing. And it was like. Really tough. Was I just being horribly unfunny or was there just like a million things going through your minds?
0: I think you were very funny. Um, made me feel really at ease. Um, it was the cameras really, I think, that um made us more more nervous, of course.
3: Uh, for right, me was, someone bought me a beer and uh, I don't really drink a lot and so it was thick and oh, uh, as soon as I got like half of it into me, and I don't know if you see me, but I didn't get up and like shake too many people's hands. I just kinda had to sit there and hope i didn't puke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and was that was that just from alcohol or were there nerves involved too? It's
3: a combination of, of the of the two, right? Like I'm nervous obviously cuz all the pros were showing up in YouTube um and just meeting the qualifiers for like the first time and then of course the beer just totally upset my stomach.
2: I want to go back to the very beginning and when this promotion launched because obviously at this stage you didn't know that it had anything to do with the return of the Players' Championship. There were no platinum passes mentioned or involved. It was just a chance to come to Barcelona and play this game. Daniel, to you first, what made you want to enter the free roll and send in an audition video for this particular promotion?
0: The weirdest thing is, um, I've been doing like documentaries and getting into videography, and I really wanted to to film myself. And I've had nothing really to film, so obviously when that when I got that email, I was a bit like, "Well, that's the two things I love joined. I'm doing that." And I didn't realise that it was just the twenty people could send videos. I thought everyone could send a video if you just entered the competition. So it was um, amazing for me, of course.
1: Have you been making a bigger movie about this
0: <laughs> i've got lots of footage but <laughs> moment, i don't have a lot of time <laughs> ah.
2: well you've got a great yes. story to tell which has only just started and won't conclude until next summer now
0: yes that's right definitely daryl were
2: you cataloging everything you did in your life on camera or was it more about the poker for you uh,
3: i was just more about the experience right like when i got the email and it all started um for me it i referenced it to you know when we watch poker stars say over the last couple of years and we you guys are you guys are always like you know singling out you know the qualifiers and then there was that time where like the little fire would burn right so we always know about the qualifier and so you watch that for years and you know you just think to yourself fuck would that ever be me and uh you guys made it happen when when chase your dream popped up
0: can I just say that I didn't even know what a, a platinum pass was, and um, so at that point, at that point, I said to Daryl, "What has he won? What has he won?" And he told me, love oh, so I was love you, double, double gutted, <laughs> like on the floor gutted. What I could have won, and then of course, at the very end. The shock of my life... I literally had a heart attack. My heart nearly came out of my chest. So
1: hold on a second. So when you found out you won a platinum pass like three minutes after finding out what a platinum pass was? Yes,
0: yes. (laughs) That's why my head was so shocked.
2: That's so cool. I mean, you have to understand it was so hard for us in all of the communications that we had with you, in the build-up to the day, on the day itself, not to let anything slip. And I think... The, the funniest part of this was just before all of the pros came down to the table. So we'd had a long chat with Patrick Antonius, with Bruce Buffer, uh, with Chris MoneyMaker, and we're about to come down to the table. And Danielle, I think you were first up, so you were just about to like sit down with these guys. Bruce Buffer just turns to me and goes, "We shouldn't say anything about platinum passes, right?" When no, Bruce, do not say anything about <laughs> oh, platinum <God>. passes. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't have known anyway. Well that's
2: there we go. Ignorance is bliss as they say.
0: Um had he said
1: that in front of the like the the wrong person, like someone that was really into platinum passes, it's possible that y'all might have figured it out. It was really difficult for me, seeing how nervous a few of you were. You know, I had to interview you guys before the the live play started and I just wanted to go, don't worry,
4: you're gonna win.
0: Yes. <laughs> I don't want to sound egotistic, but um, I really did think I was going to win the um, ten thousand. And when I met Daryl, the first thing Daryl said to me was, "You're going to win it." He had a premonition. He had a premonition that I was going to win it. You were
2: both wrong. Arguably, you were overconfident. (laughs) Daryl, you're clearly not psychic. (laughs)
1: Hold on a second. They were both right. They both. They. She did win.
2: She did not win the ten thousand euros. (laughs) Clément won the ten thousand euros.
0: I knew I was coming back, but I didn't know.
2: How? I love the fact, Joe, you're trying to twist the narrative to somehow suit (laughs) this. Uh, I
1: I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that Danielle was a winner, James.
2: But there was obviously the overall prize, which they played for. And this is the thing which, so first of all, because again, we're taking stuff slightly out of sequence. At the point that you sent in those audition videos, you then have to go through... I think it's a fairly arduous process, to be honest, where you're being interviewed and then we're like, obviously we're, we're calling you guys back, getting more information. I mean, at what point did you think I'm in with a real chance of at least being one of the people picked to come to Barcelona? Daryl, when did you get an inkling that I, I think I'm on a very short list?
3: Okay, so when I do things in life, I try to just believe in them. And so it, it's not a measure of cockiness, but it's just my mindset. And so the day... That I won the free roll, I got first place, and then the next uh, day the email come in is the day I started saying to people I'm going to Barcelona, and most people look at me like I'm crazy, but but look at look at the end state, right? I I ended up going, so yeah, I think you're crazy, and I know that you won. <laughs> Just stay positive and positive things will happen.
2: And Danielle, I think I'm right in saying that there, that you almost didn't get interviewed because you were having some crisis about your phone.
0: I literally didn't have a phone. I couldn't get a phone that day. And I was thinking, no way, you know, so close to getting, maybe going through to the next stage. And I can't even get a phone. <laughs> yeah, but literally I, I, had, I got a phone half an hour before I was getting the call. And um, yeah, I think that was the next stage. So I had another stage to go through from that. <laughs> I had James, to did, for the next stage. did you
1: have did you have any other options at that point? If Danielle hadn't gotten a phone in time, would, was there another name on the
2: list? <laughs> there were other names on the list, of course. I mean, there are lots let's of people. Let's tell them who
1: they are. <laughs> no, let's let,
2: let's read out the names of those who who didn't who who fell short. No, obviously, we're not going to do that. But once you got the call and you know you're coming to Barcelona, one of the things I was really interested to see, and I guess you were as well, Joe, is how the how you would all gel together as a team because while there's that competition between you because you all think right only one person's going to leave here with ten thousand euros we were still kind of hoping that at least you'd make friends and kind of like each other i'm hoping that that actually happened
0: yes well i think so definitely oh yeah we uh, still I, stay I,
3: in touch and chat on the whatsapp and
0: definitely um me and Christoph, I, especially i have to say um he's, Christoph is very similar to me and he's very um well, we've gone through the same emotions I'm quite happy that um, he um, I have him to speak to but all the boys, really, we've got a little group, and it's it's so nice. Who, who was
1: it that you h- hugged as soon as the announcement was made? Adrian. You, yeah, you and Adrian. Just, I think, because he was so sad, and you were there <laughs> for him, like right in that moment. That's just such a beautiful moment.
2: It was only when I saw the video playback of that moment that I realized just how desolate Adrian was in that moment. Mm. To have come so close and to be kind of just stood there just thinking oh my god i've lost out on 10k i've lost out on the platinum pass i was on the verge of victory in this heads-up battle so many times it came down to the point where no one had any chips and it was a complete crap shoot and i had no idea <laughs> yes. that his life had been destroyed in that moment yes. and it was a good two to three yes. minutes before we were going to make that right
0: yeah he wasn't oh. there was he oh bless him
3: that's amazing to watch like i love watching the stream and exactly what you just described seeing that emotion on his face where he's just had his stomach ripped out from him and then no and then no you're like no you're all getting the pass Um, yeah
0: that that is a roller coaster
2: i describe it as the oprah winfrey moment um so (laughs) daryl what what happens now i mean you've got a year i guess to prepare for the pspc what's the plan for you
3: Uh, So this is what I've told myself. Uh, I've been counting backwards since I got home. So it was like 357 days till I go back. Uh, I'm going to get clean uh, health, body and mind, break poker down to its uh, basic level. So I tried just last week to have a $20 tournament here and uh, none of my big wig friends wanted to come. So so much for that. (laughs) Um, But then from from there, work on tournament. Until like it's up to I don't know seventh level matrix complexities, and then hopefully be ready for twenty-five thousand dollar buy-in. I can tell you this from watching the stream, uh, seeing my holes in my game, the errors that I made. Uh, I've made corrections, and now where I used to finish like maybe mid or you know bottom third of uh, you know the the hot one ten, uh, now I'm finishing top third and, and, and even a couple final tables, a lot of min caches, and so it, just the trip alone has already held my game.
1: Daryl, all you got to do is learn how to min cash like a fucking son of a bitch, and you will make out fine. Just go for the min cash.
2: One of the most endearing things about Daryl's audition video was that you're the only person who openly confessed to being a losing player and demonstrated your shark scope graph to show this downward spiral of of profitability. But, I mean, you say watching the stream back and, and and being able to identify flaws, inverted commas, in your game. I mean, you put in a solid performance. You came close to making it into the final two.
3: I know, but so the, there was a little thing said by um, one of the producers on a phone interview and it was before Barcelona and he wanted to know uh, what I was going to do to guarantee that I wasn't going to be one of those people that's going to come there and freeze up because everyone, anyone can click buttons. You know, we're we're faceless here sitting on the couch. Um, and anyone can talk a good game, but when you get there and you get on the stage and get on the lights and you get in front of the pros, uh, he said people freeze up. So he said, what are you going to do to get here um, You know, and guarantee that you're going to play your game? And I don't remember what I said, uh, but I got there and, and there's some hands like Moneymaker pushed me off a hand. Uh, if it wasn't for the Joker card, Lex would have ran me over with fucking 5-2. Um, and there's a couple other examples where I should have been fucking mucho aggressive. I should have been in there check raising my fucking mom on the turn. Um, but I was like, ah, I got to hold on to my chips.
2: So, Danielle, I don't know what the poker scene is like on Tenerife, but I figure you've got to get a lot of experience in between now and next summer.
0: Definitely. I do. I do play with friends. Um, and I, But there is a casino here, so I'm going to join the casino um, and yeah, and try and get more of my friends involved. Definitely.
2: I mean, have you had a chance to watch the stream back? Uh, are, you, are you looking at it thinking, should have done that differently? <laughs> Maybe well, like the there. thing for
0: me was um, it, it was a total different game, wasn't it? In my head, I was thinking all of the boys are going to get knocked out, so just keep as many chips as possible. That was yeah, the I was gonna thing say, you that were was really, in my head.
3: You were really passive when I watched you play. You were you were holding on to your chips like not aggressive, but you still finished with chips. So I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't doubt that that would have been a good
1: strategy had it been like a full sit and go. Had you been playing, you know, like with with blinds going up in a longer period of time, uh, given given the amount of time that you guys had to play, that probably uh, I probably would have bet on most of most folks surviving. But uh, hey, man, we're all we're all here now. That's all that matters. And I guess that leads me to the question of. Have you guys already like asked for time off from work? Is that not an issue? I mean, that would be kind of hanging over my head. Like, I might need I might need six, seven days off next August.
3: Danielle, you go first.
0: Oh, of course. Um, well, for me, um, I do I do a few things, but I'm basically just going to cut everything out and just do part time caring. That's it, and just concentrate on poker, and and yeah, don't get sidetracked by anything else.
1: I mean, I wasn't that worried about you because you, you know, you live in a part of Spain, so you could just say you need like a six day siesta. They'll probably let you have that. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Daryl is more the one I
3: was worried about. Oh, um, I don't work. Um, uh, because of, you know, my, my issues with after getting out of the military. Um, but sure. we are, we are looking forward to, uh, some part-time work. And so, um, considering like ski instruction, You know, so but but that's just in the winter. So next August. You get to have
1: that, but basically you get to, you know, take your next jobs with that in mind, knowing that uh, so neither one of you really has to rearrange your life for this, which is great. No, we'll we'll fucking be there.
3: Like one hundred percent.
2: So, um, I mean, the key thing is that we want to catch up with you guys over the course of the year uh, and, and how you're getting on. And also, Clement, Adrian and uh, and, and Christoph as well, because you are the, the, the Fab Five. You're the original Platinum Pass winners and you've got the most amount of time. You've got the full 12 months to go. Uh, before that experience, one final thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, because once the cameras stopped rolling, obviously, there's a lot of debriefing to be done. There's various um, poker media outlets that want their pound of flesh and want to speak to you guys. But we tried to lay on something special for you the following day. And we thought it'd be amazing if you got to take this trip on a catamaran out off, off the coast of Barcelona. And we had no idea that it was going to result in everyone puking.
3: So, not everyone
2: okay. Well, for, for those who were sick overboard, I'm sorry, but did you guys enjoy it at
0: least? Me, 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 and my friend Joe loved it. I think it was just me, um, Joe, Clement, and his wife that were not sick, everybody else seemed to be sick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hold on, I, hold on. Okay, so I missed something then. So, here's what happened, right? We get on the catamaran, and Danielle says okay, you guys, you know, it's been fucking great. And so everyone, we got cheers. And so glasses up and down the fucking hatch. And so I'm like, oh, and I don't even really pay attention. I just grab my glass. I fill it with uh, champagne and and down it goes. And remember, uh, I don't really drink that much. And I'm prone to motion sickness. So then the camera crew shows up and they're like, oh, that really looked great. Can you do it again so we can film it? So Danielle makes us pop up again. I shoot my second glass of fucking champagne. Camera crew says, "Uh, we fucked up. You got to do it again. So three glasses deep. I go onto the front of the bow. I last about thirty seconds, and I spend the rest of the trip right off the back. And I'm the only one there, uh, and I'm puking my guts out all the way back to the harbor. I thought uh, everyone else. I thought everyone else was fine. Danielle, you said more more people were sick.
0: Yeah, lots of people were sick.
3: Oh well, fuck no, I don't feel too bad though.
2: You were not the only one, but you sound like you were living the full on hedonistic life of a professional poker player. So you've done the full conversion, Daryl. Um, before we let you guys go. Joe, did you have a game that you wanted to play with our platinum duo?
1: Yes, I do. As is tradition on the show, you guys have to play one of my dumb games. We don't usually have two guests on together. So if this feels a little forced for you to play together, guess what? It is. This game is called Chasing Platinum. Oh, I'm chasing platinum. (laughs) Now, everyone knows that poker is a game all about teamwork. Is it? It's about working together. For a sense of camaraderie and friendship and a communal goal.
2: This is oh, definitely okay? forced. You were correct.
1: <laughs> it's also a game with a storied history. In fact, the history of the PSPC goes back several decades, and the Platinum Pass and its origins are a tale as old as time. The point I'm trying <laughs> to make is the most important thing in poker after teamwork is knowing what has come before you. So, chasing Platinum. No, I'm chasing Platinum. Is a trivia quiz based on former Platinum Pass holders, but you have to work together. One of you actually has to direct the other to the correct answer using a clue. You can't say like number one, two or three or ABC or use the person's name. It has to be another clue, a sort of hint, like a password type of hint uh, to relate to that answer. For example,
2: we're definitely an example because I can't follow this, Joe.
1: No problem. So this is Daryl's question, but James, you're the person that's gonna have to give, you'll be the Danielle in this situation. You'll have to give the clue okay. to Daryl. Okay. Okay. So the question for Daryl would be: how did Nathan Manuel win his platinum pass? Was it he found it in a candy bar, he found it in an email promotion? he found it on the beach with a metal detector, or he won it on the Money Maker Tour.
3: James, give a clue to Daryl.
2: Okay, it was a live event including a washed up figure from the world of poker.
3: Daryl, uh, what's the, the answer? The D, the Money Maker Tour.
1: D, the Money Maker Tour is correct. You guys ready? Yeah. We're ready. Okay, so Danielle, <laughs> you're getting the first question. Daryl, you're the first teammate, okay? okay. Kind of okay. like your Joker card. Danielle, which of the following did not enter the PSPC via a Platinum Pass? So Daryl, this would be your clue. Was it Tony Hawk, Paul Pierce, Norm MacDonald, or Manny Pacquiao?
2: So this quiz requires Daryl okay. to know the correct answer, be able yes. to give a clue, to the yes. right answer, and for Danielle to work out from the clue who Daryl is referring to.
3: Okay,
1: yes. Do
3: it. Okay. So Danielle, you're Darryl. gonna be you're gonna be totally fucked because I don't know the answer, but I can give you a clue to one of the answers. Not Burger King, but not Burger King,
1: but
3: <laughs> Danielle, My you Donald. may just know My the Donald.
1: answer. That's that's the other part of this. You might just know the answer. Who did not have Who did not have a a platinum pass?
0: Tony Hawk's.
1: I thought he played with a patent pass. Tony Hawk did, in fact, play oh, with a patent, oh, patent pass. Oh, no. But, and it
0: but was Daryl, I,
1: I have to know, what did not Burger King
2: mean? McDonald's, uh, really. Yeah, where do you
1: live? Oh, seriously seriously? I did
0: say it. Was that the right answer, though, McDonald's?
1: No. No. Uh, no he, was, <laughs> he was giving you a clue as to what one of the wrong answers were, which is helpful to eliminate one of them.
0: Tony Hawk's okay. the only person I knew. <laughs> uh,
1: this question is for Daryl. So, Danielle, you'll be the one helping if you can. Okay. what EPT stop was the first Platinum Pass awarded for PSPC1? Was it EPT Barcelona, EPT Prague, EPT Monte Carlo, or EPT The Hague? Oh. Now, you can't just say what you think the...
2: Right, so now we're relying on stage two of the competition, which Uh. is Daryl has to actually know the answer.
3: Correct. I'd take a guess and say it was in Barcelona.
1: Barcelona is incorrect. It's EPT Prague.
3: This
2: was working Uh. a lot better when I was Uh. the one doing the clues because I actually know the bloody answers.
1: Okay, fine. Fine. We're going to switch it up mid-game. Danielle, your question. You're in a team with James now. Okay. Danielle. What was special about that first Platinum Pass giveaway, a.k.a. why did everyone love it?
2: Okay, well, there's the clue there.
1: Was it A, it was a chopped pot? Was it B, everyone who didn't win was pr- promised a percentage? Is it C, the winner was a survivor of the Andrea Dorian shipwreck? Or was it <laughs> D, the winner was a puppy? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm lost now.
3: <laughs> yeah, none of them.
2: <laughs> Everyone oh, loves it. Everyone.
1: Uh, a. Yes, A. It was a chop pot. <laughs> Somehow, I think that A was a total guess, despite the very heavy-handed branding. Okay, Daryl, here you go. Your first question with, with James as your teammate. During the previous PCA, I pulled the name of a well known pro with $33 million in lifetime's earnings out of a tombola to secure him his platinum pass. What is a tombola? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was going to say, I don't get AB. Who who was that pro? Was it Nikki Petrangelo, Justin Bonimo, David Peters, or Tony Gregg?
2: Would you like a clue, Daryl? Yes, please. His online name is D Peters.
1: I, I did not give right. him the answer,
2: Joe. I just told him his online <laughs> handle. Uh,
1: that, Jimmy the Bastard would not have let that fly. Question number five. This one's for Danielle. Linda Johnson earned herself a platinum. Johnson earned herself a platinum pass for her contributions to the poker community. What is Linda's nickname? Is it A, the First Lady of Poker, B, the Boss Lady of Poker, C, the Heart of Poker, or D, Linda Aces Johnson?
2: Danielle, if she were married to the President of Poker, she would have this name.
0: The First Lady. First Lady of Poker is
1: correct. This game's really (laughs) cooking now, guys. Just two (laughs) questions left. Daryl. What item did fellow Canadian Jennifer Carter bring as tribute to Joe Stapleton and James Hardigan to the PSPC? Maple syrup. Was it A, homemade maple syrup?
2: Wait for the clues, Daryl. Don't don't go out on a limb here without inside information.
1: (laughs) Was it B, homemade pea soup? Was it C, a homemade toque? Or was it D, some donut holes from Tim Hortons?
2: This would be useful if you were to pursue your career as a skiing instructor. City uh, of the toque.
1: There it is. James, you're <laughs> good. Question number seven. Danielle, which of the following PokerStars Team Pro Ambassadors Platinum Pass holders cashed in the PSPC? Was it A, Finton hand, B, Felix Schneiders, C, Jennifer Shahadi, or D, Benjamin Sprague?
2: Well, the irony here is that two of the answers are correct. There you go. So uh, you can name both of them, Danielle, because they were both coaches in Chase Your Dream.
0: So Spraggy and um, can you name the other three again, sorry? Fint in hand, oh, Felix Schneiders. Felix, Felix and... <laughs> yeah.
1: There you go, so, uh, Felix, Felix and, Spraggy. and Spraggy are correct. Well done. Right. Final question goes to Daryl. Daryl, what job did Ramon Kalilias hold prior to deciding he wanted to become a professional poker player? Was it A, IT technician, B, personal fitness trainer, C, a florist, or D, a dental hygienist?
2: The clue is, have you seen those apps? Personal trainer.
1: Personal trainer is correct. Congratulations, Daryl, Danielle. You still have platinum passes.
2: (laughs) Are you saying, Joe, that had they failed at that quiz, you would have revoked their platinum passes? No, not at all.
1: They get to have them no matter what. Great teamwork, guys, and that's really what poker is all about.
0: (laughs) Thank you.
2: Thank you both. We look forward to catching up with you over the course of the year, and obviously we'll see you in Barcelona next summer for the PSPC. Congrats once again, Daryl and Danielle.
0: Thank Thank you you so so much. much.
2: Woo! Yay! One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's
0: Superfan versus Stakes.
2: Yes, it's time for this week's superfan competition, as we hopefully give away an EPT Open Sochi satellite ticket and some PokerStars swag. We welcome to the show this week from the UK, Patrick Winterbottom. Welcome, Patrick.
4: Thank you,
1: James. Patrick, buddy, first of all, I want to thank you for uh, giving me the reason I needed to start watching Patriot again. Uh, And thank you. Uh, for the people out there, or you'll thank us who haven't seen it yet, who will go watch it now because it is still the best show. You haven't seen it, and if you don't agree, it's because you're really, really stupid.
4: Patrick, <laughs> you're used to dealing with making people less stupid. I am, yes. I'm. I'm a maths teacher in a secondary school uh, here in the UK. So uh, yeah, tr- trying to make them less stupid is one way of describing it what is the
1: general attitude of your classes are they enthusiastic are they apathetic what
4: what is it like teaching what is it like uh, pre pre-teens like early teenagers uh, it's secondary school so it's all the way from 11 up to 18 um yeah so it, it varies enormously you know uh, certainly with our a- level students they they all want to be there they've chosen the subject um you know lower down the school we have some really great mathematicians but we've got some students who struggle so it's our job to help them
1: how would you describe your teaching style are you straightforward are you the robin williams stand on a desk type
4: i i, ha- I haven't stood on a desk yet i'm sure it'll happen at some point
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm interested to know if you apply your mathematical skills to the poker table or are you more of a feel player
4: um i'd say it's a bit of both i mean certainly uh you know i i, I, te- I do tend to know all the pot odds and you know use my maths there but I- I think I'm a good field player as well. And and certainly when I'm playing live, I I sort of try and get reads and get people talking and, and, uh, you know, incorporate that into my game as well. Definitely. So how much poker do you actually get to play? Because you're in a part of the
2: United Kingdom, which is actually pretty well serviced for poker, I think.
4: Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I, I I play online uh, quite a lot uh, and I, I try and play um, tournaments whenever I can um i might get over to reading or to uh the, the, vic, the vic in london whenever i can play some tournaments or some cash games um yeah really enjoy that
2: and joe's already referenced the fact that you've chosen patriot as your specialist subject for this week's yes. superfan quiz had you seen the program before we started talking about it
4: no i, I watched it because you talked about it and Fantastic! I, I, I really loved it I watched it um And then when you were asking for people to uh, choose a subject, I I volunteered. And I've I've since watched it again, so I've I've, I've watched both. Oh, I'm in big trouble.
2: I think you're going to have the (laughs) advantage. I already informed Joe earlier on that this is a Hartigan quiz. This is a Jimmy Uh. the Bastard special. Uh, The other Patrick, Patrick the intern, didn't get to come near this one. Instead, I forced him to watch The Magnificent Seven, which is a forthcoming superfan subject. Oh,
1: I I love Denzel Washington.
2: The original, Joe. The original. (laughs) so we have got 12 questions set over two rounds and the first round is not multiple choice the first round is called complete the quotation I'm gonna let you go back let you go first Patrick so please give me a number between one and six Uh, I'll go for number one please number one okay so I need the next two words I'm gonna give you a quotation from the TV show Patriot I need the next two words okay It's not just me, the country, the USA. The USA needs... My P. Correct, for two points. (laughs) And you are on the board. Joe, pick a quotation, two through six available.
1: Two, please.
2: Number two, I need the next two words in this quotation from Patriot. See that parking space over there? If he parks there again today, I'm gonna Kill him. You can steal, Patrick. Fire him. Correct. I'm going to give you one point for the steal. I'm just going to make the scoring up as I go along, but I think we know it doesn't <laughs> really matter.
4: Uh, classic us.
2: Patrick, three, four, five, or six?
4: I'll go for three, please, James.
2: Would you like to have breakfast in my room? Breakfast is the... Two words.
4: Oh, breakfast is the... I can't remember. Um, uh, Best meal? Joe, you can steal.
2: Gentleman's meal. Optimistic meal. No one gets Uh, any points. Joe, you can have four, five or six.
1: I think I should be getting one point for
2: getting one of the words right every time. But anyway, uh, number six. Number six. Two words needed at the end of this sentence. If you want a vet to put your fingers on your hand, don't talk, because my patients don't fucking talk. Because...
1: They're animals.
2: You can steal, Patrick. See, I
4: was gonna say that. Um, <laughs> they're dumb. They're cats! Oh, oh.
2: Okay, Joe, I'll give you a point out of sympathy. Uh, 3-1 on the (laughs) the scoreboard, and you can have four or five, Patrick. I'll go for five, please. Steven is incomplete. If he doesn't regain his sense of humor, he'll never laugh, and no one will ever... Two words needed. Like him? Oh, close, Joe. Love him! One point each. It's a team (laughs) effort. (laughs) <laughs> and Joe, number four, only one word completes this quote. John, what do you know about non-sexual same-sex... Cuddling. For one point which means it's four points to Patrick, three points to Joe at the end of the first round. So now we go to the trivia round, six questions on the board, and we go to the usual multiple choice rules. If you don't take the options, two points. If you need the choices, the score reduces to one point. Seven through twelve available, Patrick. Where are you going on the board? It's always coming seven. What is Ichabod's Ah. first name? Peter. Correct for two points.
1: Such a good bit. Oh, let's knew, go with
4: number I, eight. I know oh, his name as well. Go on. Oh it, Cassius.
2: Well, you don't get any points for it, but I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Joe, you can have any number other than seven. Eight, please. According to Tom Tavner, how many guns are there in Paris? Oh, man. I'll take the multiple choice. 9,000, 11,000, 17,000, 19,000. 17,000. There are 19,000 guns in Paris. Oh. You only need one. 9, 10, 11 or 12, Patrick? Uh, number 12, please. Number 12. What is the name of Leslie Clarett's book?
4: Um, the... the... No, hang
2: on. You can take the options because if you don't get it exactly right, I'm not giving you the points. It's the structural dynamics of flow. Do you, there's more to it than that. In that case, take the I, choices.
4: then I'll take the
2: choices. Is it understanding nut spacing and rim riding grip configuration, <laughs> theories of vent dampening, my life in piping, or integral principles of the structural dynamics of flow? Okay, the last one. Yes, for one point. <laughs> Dude, can you, read, can you read your first fake option again, please? Understanding nut spacing and rim riding grip configuration. <laughs> <laughs> 9, so 10, or 11, Joe? I gotta go with my lucky number 9. Lucky number 9. What is the name of Timmons and Saperstein's album? Uh, I'll get it when I hear the choices. Go on. Is it Rings of Retrospection? Loops of lamentation, circles of resonance, or moments of permanence? Oh man, I, I, I'm gonna need him one more time. Rings of retrospection, loops of lamentation, circles of resonance, moments of permanence. I think it's circles of resonance. It is for one point. Yes! And we're down to the final question. 10 or 11, Patrick. 11 please. Before jumping off the roof in Paris, John refers to which term for the assessment of imminent events in relation to danger?
4: I think it's the Vantasna Danger Meridian. It
2: is for two points! He nailed it! Awesome. The other options were the Dettinger Mortality Horizon, the (laughs) Bogonzi Risk Flow Chart, or Mortensen's (laughs) Death Equinox. Which means, Joe, oh, you get so good. question number 10. While Dennis is drafting a to-do list for John, what inappropriate instruction does he write, which is later abbreviated to an acronym? Uh, I'll take the choices. Is it capture a guy, kill the Brazilian, reclaim the money, or shoot the cop? Reclaim the money. No, it was capture a guy. Capture a guy. And that means we have a final score of four points to Joe, nine points to Patrick, our super fan. I'm just out of interest, Patrick, because you clearly know this show incredibly well. Would you have got the tie break question correct? Yes. John's to-do list, what date was it for?
4: What date was it for? Yeah. (laughs) No, I wouldn't have got
2: that, no. Uh, it was the title of an episode, May the 18th, 2012. Doesn't matter uh, because you did clearly have very strong knowledge of Patriot and you've crushed this quiz and you do win the EPT Open Sochi satellite ticket. Would you like a PokerStars water bottle, a PokerStars ice tray or a PokerStars T-shirt? The t T-shirt, please, James. You can have the T-shirt. Patrick, thank you very much for coming on the show and reminding us how much we love this TV show.
4: Thank you both very much.
1: All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. But coming up next week, I am very, very, very excited to finally be seeing The Grand. Uh, That's the improvised poker movie, mostly improvised, mostly poker. Not only are we doing Poker Movie Mondays on a Wednesday, but we are going to have a very special guest, a guy named Andrew Hill Newman. James, you may recognize that name.
2: I do recognize it because we, at the end of last year, we spoke to Josh Molina, one of the creators of Celebrity Poker Showdown, and he mentioned numerous times that Andrew Hill Newman was his partner in crime and was the other co-creator of that TV show.
1: Correct. Now we're not exactly having Andrew on in that role, although he may have a good anecdote or two he can share from that, but he's also the dealer From the grand and now I haven't seen the movie, but I'm pretty sure that as the dealer, he's in almost every single scene in this movie and he was also the poker consultant. So he has a wealth of knowledge. Uh, and anecdotes from behind the scenes of the movie, The Grand*. he will be able to to give us lots of insight and tidbits from the movie.
2: That's awesome. So it's not just going to be a deep dive and retrospective review of this film. We're also going behind the scenes and going to get some great insights from someone involved in the production. Should point out, by the way, and I've just checked in the UK iTunes store if the film is available, it's called Loser in the UK. So The Grand is its original title. In the UK, and maybe in other countries in Europe, it's known as Loser, has Woody Harrelson in an awful hat on the poster. And uh, it's not that much to buy or rent in iTunes if you want to see it because that is your homework for next week. We need you to watch this movie and join us for our review of it. We do already have a super fan booked who is going to be answering questions about this movie, Joe.
1: Excellent. Cannot wait for that. Until then, subscribe, like, comment. You're not doing it. I know you're not. I'm talking to you specifically, unless you're Chad McVean. He's the only one doing it. I got a good mind to cut y'all off from the show entirely, unless you subscribe and like and comment. Get one friend to listen to the show. Leave us a comment. It really helps us out a lot. Chad McVean's the only one putting the... You know what? I'm just going to end the show before I get all worked up about this. Guys, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate you. We are out of time for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.